Guess who's back? Back again. We are. <laughs> Do you know the rest of that song? I don't know that no. song. Don't don't sing songs. Don't like sing. That. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that's about. I'm sure, it's a great song. Whoever wrote it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I I don't know. Every, welcome to episode four, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Starting off hot. <laughs> hey, it's or because, episode quattro. Yes. See. <laughs> it's because uh, we got our workout in today. Yeah. Early. Breakfast Club. Yeah. 3.30, 3.45. That's right. I have noticed, I love getting the workout done. I have noticed I get a little grumpy midday. Yeah, you need to take a nap, like 10 minutes. Yeah, that's not possible. I, I'm out for an hour. Yeah, you know, you know, I talk to other people that are like, nah, if I do that, I'll just be all groggy the rest of the day. And I used to be that guy. Now I've learned to take a 10 minute, just a 10 minute, and it's just, it's beauty. It just feels worse to me. It feels like a tease. You know, it's like, here, let me get 10 minutes, close my eyes. By 10 minutes, I'm finally in a nice spot. You're recharged, though. 10 minutes is good. But yeah. it is kind of nice to wake up early before you hit the prayer room at 6. Yeah. Throw that pre-workout in you. Yeah. So Shiver as you're w- making your way down the <laughs> hallway. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, we're trying to get up early before the prayer room and work out 345. It's hilarious because we've got these bikes that we jump on at our house, these cycle bikes. And uh, we can see when each other gets on because we're following each other on the online thing, on the right. app. What is that, an app? Is that what that's called yeah, nowadays? I think they're called apps. On <laughs> apps. Mm-hmm. So, so every morning when we're doing this, I see one friend working out. <laughs> yes, I'm your friend. You're the <laughs> but the way that I'm getting up is, which I've told you this already, but... I keep my pre-workout on my nightstand with a cup of water, man. And as soon as 3.30 goes on, I've got music blasting from my alarm. And I'm putting down the the powder. So the the pre-workout powder, let me clarify just so everyone. Yeah, please. Let's yeah. make sure that's clear. So let me ask you, how do you do that? Do you, like, do you put it in? I mix in it. I don't shotgun so it. Like yeah, some. so I shot. Yeah, I shotgun it. Yeah. Depends what kind of mood I'm in. Sometimes I just walk, put that, throw that powder in. Just yeah. See, I don't want a shotgun because I'm right there. I'm like in bed. I don't want to get powder everywhere. Yeah. So, but I got to hit it while I'm like, I can't put it in the kitchen, walk to the kitchen. I'll be, that's too much of a hurdle for me. Yeah. It's good to know your limitations. Yeah. I know how to, I know how to reach my goals. That's good. You know? That's so. wisdom. Yeah. I get up out of that bed and wander down to the kitchen and throw the powder, the pre-workout powder in. You know what's amazing is after we're done at the prayer room and in meetings and all that stuff, get home, and it's like, I'm like, what do I need to do? Not work out. Not work out. It's done. Done. Love it. Breakfast club, baby. It's really great. And then getting here in the morning in the in the prayer room. Yeah, that's so good. Is uh, And again, I know we're talking about being awake, you know, to get on a, do a little workout, whatever you're doing that day but the 6 a.m. prayer meetings all have always been good because you're, you're not fully awake I know for me it's what I've been doing for a long time most days and I'm not fully awake so my brain's not totally aggravating me my mind I should say my mind 
is not aggravating me with all my thoughts that mm -hmm. I have, you know. Uh, it's almost like everybody's not up moving around. But as soon as 8 o'clock hits, and I've noticed this when I've been in the house of prayer and I'm praying, as soon as 8 o'clock hits, and especially where we are here, I can see 80, you know, Freeway 80 out here. Zoom in. Zoom in. And it's a little bit busy, you know, when I'm pulling up around 5.30 here to the house of prayer. But by 7.15, 8 o'clock, when all that, I mean, it is, the, the world is moving. And that's what I love the early mornings about. And I think the night watch is the same way because it just, there's something about it even in, in the, the world around you. It's, it's a little quieter in the mornings and late at night, so. Yeah, the mornings are where it's at. I I love it. Um, They're good. I can stay up late easier than I can get up early, but I like the rhythm of getting up early better. Yeah, I mean, you you can have conversation with the Lord any hour of the day, so we're not saying which is better, but <laughs> just everybody's clear on that. However, there, there's something about it. It just messes with you enough, messes with your schedule, and... Uh, it's really good. Yeah, E.M. Bounds what, talks about that in his book, Power Through Prayer. If you haven't read that yet, go grab it and read it. Super good. Um, he talks about just great men and women of uh, faith. They all have typically something in common, and a lot of it is they all were getting up early. And he's talking about, you know, from the early, early days, and you know, not our day and age where um, – it's just everything's 24-7 nowadays. You know, there's no, like, it's crazy. But then they would get up at 3, you know, before the sun's up. Right. Um, because I think getting up when the sun came up was pretty normal just because he, the, he's talking about people before electricity and all that. Yeah, those guys. The crazy, right? Yeah, they just didn't do anything after 5 o'clock right, at night. Right, right. So like, it's eat like dinner, go to bed, wake up, and go work. Yeah. Still getting up at 3 is like... Nowadays, like getting up at five, probably. Yeah. And again, just to underline, any time of day that you are scheduling yourself to be with Jesus, you're, you're winning. It's beautiful. Whether it's afternoon, if that's your time, or mid-morning, evening, late at night, it is a win. I, yeah. I think the Lord just rewards people and the, the person that chooses, I'm going to I'm going to make time for this, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, yeah. whatever the time is. He's so kind. Like the Lord rewards so well. Yeah. When he loves, we decide to, when we set our heart toward him. Yeah. He loves to reward. That's what like he enjoys it. He loves it. Now you think about, a, you know, I loved when I was a teacher. I'm sure this is how parents feel too, grand grandparents, since you're a, a grandpa now, you'll yes, be experiencing this. But even when I was a teacher, I loved giving candy out to kids. I looked for like any reason I could give a kid a piece of candy. It was awesome just because they lit up like, and it was even better. Obviously we would do that to reward them for different things they did that were honorable. You know, even if it was helping somebody on the playground, even if it was like going and saying sorry for something, you know, it was like, Hey, you know, good job. Mm -hmm. Way to go. Like, I want you to know that this is, this means something. Right. And it made me happy to reward them for those decisions they made. So I can only imagine where that comes from, you know? It's kind of, kind of goes along with what we're talking about today. Re rewarding versus earning. Yeah, it's true. Because today we're talking in this episode about 
when we fail and when we're weak in our walk with Jesus, which everyone experiences. Oh, yeah. Uh, the question I think that we are asking is, are, are you hiding? Yep. I think about that in my own life. And, I, and today we want to look at, at that a little bit. And maybe even some of the areas that we can identify where I'm hiding when I'm recognizing my own weakness before the Lord, mm-hmm. my own compromise. I mean, who hasn't prayed the prayer, Lord, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. And we end up doing it. Yeah. And then everything that the repercussions of that that happen um, externally, you know, through things, there's when we make decisions in our lives that are contrary to the word of God or contrary to how God wants us to live, there are consequences to that. Totally. Some just to ourselves, um, other times to family and friends around us. Um, but there's a lot of internal commotion in our, in our, in our lives that takes place as well. And a lot of it's because we're hiding from the Lord in the midst of failing him in some area of our lives. Yeah. And it's, it's not even, it doesn't even have to be when you fail either. I was just thinking about how we can hide certain parts of our heart from the Lord because we don't want him. We don't trust him with it. You know, like even um, there's promises or things maybe that we had or we were let down. And sometimes we tend to hide those little parts of our heart from the Lord, too, because if we're if we get really honest with ourselves and with him, we don't totally trust where he's leading us or Mm -hmm. how he's leading us, which is a little bit deeper of a search, I think. And we have to be really honest because, you know. There's always some sort of area in my life that I'm like, ooh, I don't really want to go there yet. But the Lord and his kindness is like, we're going to go there. I'm going to help you get there. You really want me involved in that area of your heart, you know, because his whole thing is that it's not that he wants to fix us. He wants to heal us. You know, he wants us to make us whole, you know, and it doesn't like if you've got a, um, a cut or an infection and you need a doctor to see you. Do you go run and hide from that doctor? You sh- some people might, but <laughs> you shouldn't. It's not wise. You know what I mean? Like he's the perfect. Let's. I read this in uh, I think it was Dane Ortland's book, um, Gentle and Lowly. Mm. Um, it's one, my probably my favorite book. One of my favorite books. And he talks about if you you know met a doctor. He talks about the perfect doctor having everything he needs to fix, heal. You know, it's like would you not like see him? Like, would you, you know, he kind of plays it that way, but then he also puts you in the perspective of the doctor. Like if you had everything you needed to heal someone that was in need, would you hold that back Mm -hmm. from those people that you love and care about? No, not a chance. Right. So you think about that. That's like, he, that's who God, that's God, that's who God is. He's nothing but good. And, and so a lot of times I think when I've got these areas in my heart that I'm, hiding from the Lord or I'm hiding because I failed either way. I know I'm like, you're the only solution for this. There's nowhere else for me to go. And, and, uh, in that same book, he, he actually talks about how, when we don't, um, run into the arms of God or turn towards him, even in our failure or brokenness, we're like not in flow with his heart. I love that. So when I fail, 
if I just return as quick as I can, as honestly as I can, in repentance and confession, all that, all those necessary things, I'm in flow with his heart for me. But the longer I hide and stay out of it, I'm actually moving opposite of what his heart is, which his heart is like, get over here, let's move together in this. My heart for you is, he's like not let down, not agitated. He may not approve of what happened or what I did or that I'm rebelling, <laughs> you know, or right. or immaturity. Maybe that's something we can talk about too is the difference between rebellion and immaturity. But, you know, I'm just thinking about these different things where I'm like, man, the more I think about who God is, the less sense it makes for me to hide. Yeah, when you're talking about some of those things, what what are those some of the things that cause us to hide? So mm, we think, what are good. the things that cause us to hide? And we've talked about weakness. And, and then how do we know when we're hiding? Right. Like practically, how does it, how do we recognize those things? I think if I'm not willing to, um, one way we don't hide is by confessing. You know, so just practically, I mean, I think a lot of people know this and understand this, but we always talk, I feel like in Christian circles, we're always talking about accountability. You know, got to get accountability, got to get accountability. It's like you do, but what's the purpose of it? It's so that you can live in light, so Mm -hmm. you can live in the light. Mm -hmm. And that breaks shame off. Mm -hmm. When you find someone who can hold you accountable, who loves you, who calls you higher and still believes the best about you. Right. Because so often on that, this for a minute you think about accountability partners usually i've i'm, I'm like no i don't want one it's like dear god because i'm going to be in trouble <laughs> because yeah. there's no way i can i don't I, I don't do this good and so i immediately <laughs> think no accountability partner or if there's a, ever a call like okay we're going to get everybody with accountability partners it's like no no please no i don't want to do that it's almost like some people that are like no i don't want to do small group prayer I mean, right. we, we lead those kind of meetings. Like we, we do that with people around here. We're like, Hey, everybody want to get in small group prayer. I know so many people in the house of prayer. They're like, you're not going to do small group prayer. Are you? For, Cause they just don't <laughs> enjoy it or whatever it is. I mean, it's kind of a real thing that happens. Same way with accountability partners. You're like, no, because I'm so lame and I've done this before. I think part of it is you can't legislate accountability. Yeah. You can't legislate relationships. Right. And yet the very, truth and nature of them as you said is that those people in our lives that we can talk with it does shine so much light on that area of darkness of shame guilt failure yeah. where we we come to and anyway so sorry i just went on a rant about no i love accountability because i think about partners, the, even though i love that a couple of things about the accountability thing is like you feel like one you're setting yourself up to fail you know part of it you're like dang Someone's really going to get acquainted with my weakness. Right. You know, so that's why it's like the purpose of accountability is that it's someone who who reminds you of who you are and loves you through it. And the main por- the main part, I think, of accountability is to liberate us from shame and condemnation. It's to remind us like, hey, you're no longer in that. Like right. that is actually the main function of accountability. You know, one of my best friends that him and I are accountable to one another, we talk about everything that's gone on in our week. And every time we talk with each other, we feel so good. When we have a good week, when we have a bad week, it doesn't matter. We're, it's like we can share things and we can laugh about things. And, and we are reminded by looking at each other as buddies, as friends, and we're like, hey, this is good, man. Yeah. We're doing it. 
yeah. live in the light, man. Just mm-hmm. be aggressive. Live in the light, you know, and that breaks that shame off and that con- that condemnation really fast. I remember I, <laughs> I used to think of who's the most terrifying Christian believer I know that I could ask to be my accountability person so that I'll never mess up again, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how I used to think about it. And it's like you definitely want someone who who provokes you because that's part of it. But it's not fear. You know, that it just can feed into more shame and, and condemnation. And I think that's one of the things right there that I was saying. What how do we identify fear makes us hide? Right. Fear of what? Right. Yeah, it, another question. Right. So it's like even d- dig a little deeper. Fear of what? When I'm afraid of how you're going to if you're going to reject me. Right. If you're if or if I'm will I be accepted by you or this person, uh, then fear sends me into hiding automatically. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to be around you, mm-hmm. which you could call isolation. And a lot of people isolate in the church. So many people isolate. It's easy to go to meetings and still live isolated. Yep. And. Um, because of that, we are not growing in maturity and we're not discovering how loved we are in the midst right. of our failure. And uh, I remember when I was, throughout my entire life, I've always had people in my life, as you mentioned, those of your life, that when I've had areas of failure and compromise, I've had people that I can be in the light with, meaning say the truth about where I failed where I fall, where I had fallen short in an area of my walk with God. And even the shame that I feel about that and the pain. And yet when it's in the light, as he is in the light, as Christ is in the light, then we walk in forgiveness, in, in the blood of Jesus that has washed us and cleansed us. That's right. And it feels good to actually confess. Yeah. And to say it, I'm afraid, I'm hiding and for whatever reason, and then you have people in your life that can actually just love you in that place. But even that, that's risky. It is. But you've got to be willing to risk it and and know that there's people that, yeah, you might run into some people that might shame you even more or that might make you feel like, wow, you're, you are pretty lame. What are you doing? You shouldn't be doing this. And so there are some risks involved, but that's part of the journey. Yeah. Um, you don't know until you get out there with people. And it doesn't mean you tell everyone in the room about your stuff. Right. That's not transparency. No. And even when you're confessing, you can tell someone you pooped. You don't got to tell them what it smells like or what it looks like. Whoa. You know, that's a that's the analogy that I always use. And I'll, I'll nice. say that out on... Uh, yeah, you, on uh, my sermons, too. So that's yeah, free for... You right here. Yeah. So there so you go. Whoever... Uh, uses that in your sermon you're welcome but you don't have to do that you know it's like <laughs> no one actually wants to know that <laughs> like that's the point is is you can tell someone what happened but look man I, I don't always need details look let's get it out in the light and talk about this but I, let's just steer back to what you were saying yeah please <laughs> <laughs> hey come on that's a that's hey, a good yeah, that's a sermon it. illustration right there um but what you were basically <laughs> quoting was you know first john 1 7 which I was just reading yesterday. I was talking with a friend um, who is just going through some hard stuff right now, and um, that was the verse that came to my mind was, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, 
That's what's that's what's so key to me. We have fellowship with one another when we confess. Hmm. You know, like there's that's the healthy part of that. And then it says, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Hmm. So there's such power. You know, I think everyone's talking about how badly they want community <laughs> and fellowship, but it's like, man, if we look at what fellowship and community is, it means we don't get to hide. So. Yeah. One, like we said, this is we've spent a little bit of time on this one, which is confess, right? Don't hide, you know, repent, confess, live in the light. That's one way, you know, you can pay attention. Is there unrepentant sin right. in your life that you just need to come out with, with, with someone who loves you and that you trust? Um, and then the other thing is, like, are you hiding in other ways, you know, um, which can be a number of things. It's are you isolating Right, that's a huge one. Uh, I, I don't. I think it's a proverb that says I can't remember the exact address, but it says a man who isolates is not wise. And we do that a lot because of fear, and we're hiding areas of our brokenness. Yeah. Well, I love what you said about it's the fear of rejection. Mostly, that's what most of us are afraid of. Most yeah. e- every human being has suffered from rejection. And that's oftentimes the the thing that's keeping us bound up and hidden away is we, we're afraid that if we really come out and say who we are, or talk about what's going on in our life, people are, we're not even talking about God, we're just talking about people right now, like, yeah. will reject us, right? Right, and, and the, quite the opposite is true, like, and I'm sure people that are listening have discovered this, that when we do have people around us that we in our failure and our weakness when we can actually share that with them how the love of god coming through that person really floods our heart That's and our good. soul and our emotions and it and we recognize that we're really loved in that place we're we're loved even in the midst of that failure which actually calls us higher as you said earlier we're reminded of who we really are you know i i'm i'm thinking about just times as even leading different things in my life and where I was like really lame as a leader in areas. Um, but I've had people around me that have said, I mean, they said point blank, hey, you're a better leader than that. And it hurt for a moment. Mm-hmm. I may, I might even been a little offended and I'm like, wait a minute, why don't tell me that I had good reason to be lame. Cause that's what we think. I have good reason to be lame. It's not. I have good hard. reason to reject. I have good yeah. reason to isolate. I have good reason to be angry. I have good reason to not share. When really we don't, we belong to Jesus now. When when you come into faith, into relationship with Christ, you belong to him. You are another man's servant. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this today in our, our 6 a.m. briefing this morning, which was so great. We are so prone to, we're afraid people are going to judge us. And therefore, we don't want to enter into relationship with people. Yeah. But I can go back to some of those conversations where I was challenged and I wasn't hearing, so if I could just sit there with it, I wasn't hearing, Jim, you are super lame. It was, Jim, this is what God's has empowered you to do as a husband, as a father, as a leader, as a friend, whatever the area is. And you feel the strength of God in that because God does not condemn us. Right. And so when we have people around us that we share with, they bring the truth to us. They call us higher. So in a sense, they are accountable, uh, accountability partners in that way, but not 
to make us feel more shame and guilt and condemnation. Right. God doesn't condemn us. Yeah, which right. we we're going to talk about a little later another another time, but yeah, we have peace with him, right? Romans says that we have through Jesus we have peace with God, which means that we can run back to him. You know, I think it's in Hebrews it says we can approach the throne of grace with you know, confidence, with boldness, mm-hmm. with vulnerability. Like we don't have to hide from that. Like there there really is no other option. It's it's actually kind of silly. We look kind of like uh like we're a toddler, you know, in trouble when we don't just run to the father and just tell him, yeah. you know, like it's like, Oh no, if I hide and maybe, maybe this will go away. It's not going to go away. Like there's really no, there's no other option for you. You know, right. like, um, yeah, that's, it's really good. Just because we want to be aware of what's going on in our own heart. I think too, we can try to justify. We actually have sometimes, I think we do have, um, are we are able to justify why we hide? We actually have good reasons. Sure. Right? Like I don't I'm, I'm not going to be rejected again. It makes zero sense for me to to be honest and get rejected again. For the right. sake of what? Right? Like it's like, yeah, good point, but what do you you're not then you're not really connected with who you are. Um I love the movie Secondhand Lions. Um yeah, and, you know, there's a part in the movie where the nephew, basically, for those of you who don't know it, you go watch it. It's great. Um, this boy moves in um, with his two uncles. His uncles are awesome. Um, but, you know, the kid's heartbroken and his mom's leaving him um, to go move somewhere else. And she's leaving him with his uncles. And one night he is upset, this kid. So he runs away. And they're like in the middle of nowhere, man. I mean, he runs as far as he can out to this like abandoned gas station <laughs> and he's sitting on the curb just crying and his uncles pull up um, and they go and they sit down next to him or just one of them does and he looks over at him at his nephew and he goes so what was your plan after this <laughs> and I always when I'm watching that movie and that moment it's like the Lord kind of just taps me and kind of reminds me like yeah like when you when you mess it up or you don't want to be somewhere or you don't want to be vulnerable or honest. He's like, where are you, what's your plan? <laughs> cause, yeah. cause they're asking the kid, right? He's like, well, I'm going to go find my mom. And they're like, buddy, you know, your mom is, you know, four or five States away. How are you going to get there? You're 10 years old. I just made me realize like, mm. yeah, like, and you can clearly tell like his best option is to go back with his uncles. Cause his uncles are amazing. They're actually who he needs in his life. Mm. And I always think about that scene whenever I'm like, man, Lord, I just want to run right now. He's like, yeah, but like, what's really your, what's, what's your plan? Like how, who else are you going to go to? And so, you know, we want to make sure that we're not hiding from our friends. That's what we need to ask. We also need to ask, are we hiding from the Lord? You know, are we, are we allowing shame to keep us bound? Um, Like I, I heard someone say once that you can tell the maturity of a believer by how quickly they return and repent. Wow. Because you, mm. when you start to understand how God really feels about you, and not just how he feels about you, but what the gospel is. The more I read Romans, the more my heart is just liberated with this truth about, I have peace with God because of Jesus. Jesus is so for me. There's no way I could run the other way. I have to. He's too good. He's too good to hide from. He's too kind, too, too good to hide from in any area of my life. Mm-hmm. 
and how secure we are mm-hmm. when we fail. Yeah. That, you know, Paul the Apostle said, I'm, I'm pressing on. Right. Because I'm going to lay hold of the thing that Christ has laid hold of me for. Right. And I always think about that too when, I'm, when I feel weak and I feel like, oh, I, I, I want to hide. I want to not do this anymore, Lord, with you, for you, however you interpret that. And the Lord's like, you don't understand. I've apprehended you. Yeah. Right. He's like, I've got a hold of you. You're, you're safe here with me. Right. Yeah, that's really good. I, I love, too, what I think it was Doug uh, told me. Yeah. He said, when you're feeling um, fear, you know, when you've got, because a lot of times we've got fear going on in our hearts. Sin is the result of that. Right. We're afraid. We're already feeling shame. Mm-hmm. And then we go and we do these things that we're trying to help ourselves, and they we know they don't help, but we just fall back into it. I remember Doug told me he said, "Start asking the Lord when you're feeling those things, even after. Just ask Him. Say, Lord, show me why I'm afraid." And he said, "Just wait, and then the Lord will show you why. You know, write it down or whatever you got to do, and then ask the Lord why again. Why is that? You know. So I remember the first time I did this, I went, Lord, why am I afraid? I just remember the Lord being like, you're afraid to be alone. Hmm. I went, Lord, why am I afraid to be alone? And the Lord goes, well, because y- you don't trust me hmm. as much as I want you to. And I went, well, Lord, why don't I trust you as much as I should? You know, and then, and I'm not going to give everybody all that, but, you know, we, we you start going deeper. Right. More questions. That, and you keep asking him, and what's amazing is how the Lord will lead you through your own soul and help you see where you got disconnected. And it's in that place where I where I ask the Lord to come in, and I just say, Lord, just would you come in and just heal me up here? Mm. I'm so sorry for because mm-hmm. typically I'm believing something that's not true about God. Mm-hmm. And that's what's tangled me up in all these emotions that end up leading me to sin. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's actually really eager to get in there. He's not going, ew, can't believe you. He's actually like, if you just get in this conversation with me and ask me some questions, I'll help you navigate your own soul. Yeah. Which I love because Paul says that, which is, Paul says, I'm not, I don't even judge myself. Because right. he's like, I'm a bondservant of Christ. He goes, who am I to judge another man's servant? Right. Basically saying, only Christ can can judge me. I don't even have right perspective on me. We don't even have right perspective to judge ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit to show us these things. And so I think one way, another way we stay away from hiding is by asking why, Lord, why am I feeling this emotion? And recognizing those patterns in our life. Yeah. And the Lord will be faithful and kind to us to show us those patterns. If we're, if we're paying attention, he'll, he'll show us those patterns in our life and, a lot of times it's like, why, do this, why does this keep happening to me? What's going on in my life? And so there's a, a lot to talk about around this whole subject of hiding from the Lord and in the midst of our weakness and our shame. And, and uh, hopefully today that if you're listening, we've uh, maybe the Holy Spirit has talked to you about that a little bit today. And maybe where you're hiding, not to expose you, but between you and him, just him letting you know he knows where you are and he loves you and calls you out of that place 
because he has apprehended you for something. And so I just want to encourage you today, if you're listening and um, you just need to hear that, that the Lord has you, he's apprehended you, you are secure, you are safe in Christ. And that's how we grow in maturity. And uh, we can really go for broke when we know that with him in our heart. And so, um, yeah, so thanks for sticking around on this Just Stick Around podcast today. And we'll see you on the next episode. Peace out.